Welcome to Tune In YRDSB, inspiring learning through storytelling. Welcome to Tune In YRDSB. My name is Louise Sirisco, and I am the Director of Education for York Region District School Board. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Tune In YRDSB. This episode is a little different from what we normally do in Tune In YRDSB. Recently, our board held a town hall to answer families' questions about school reopening. Families submitted questions about our learning model, vaccinations, mental health resources, supports for families, and so much more. We have taken the audio from our town hall and have reformatted it as an episode of Tune In YRDSB. To answer these questions, we leveraged the expertise of many of our staff members and brought together a panel of experts that included Dr. Stephen Reed, Associate Director of Education, Clayton Latouche, Associate Director of Education, Amber Clements, Resource Manager, School, Child Care Centre and Daycare Programs Outbreak Team from York Region Public Health, and Janice So, Infection Prevention and Control Specialist, Health Protection Division, Public Health Branch, Community and Health Services Department. We hope that families will find this episode useful as they prepare their children for the return to school, and please know that we are committed to continuing keeping families informed of all information about school operations as it becomes available. Thanks again for tuning in, and enjoy the episode. Before we begin today, I would like to extend my sincerest thanks to our families. Thank you for your patience, your partnership, and your trust. Each day, you trust us with what is most important to you, your children, and that is not a trust that we take lightly. Please know that the challenges families have faced during this pandemic have not gone unnoticed, and we appreciate all that you have done to support students, as well as the faith you continue to place in us as educators. The way we teach and the way our students learn has changed a lot over the last two years, but one thing has not changed. Students remain at the center of all that we do. In all our planning, student safety remains our top priority and through collaboration with public health, we have developed a back to school plan that will support a safe and successful start to the school year. Today, we will be answering your questions about school reopening, but we know that after schools reopen, you will have many questions still. We will continue to share information with you as it becomes available, and we'll update our website with information, resources, and Q's and A's. As you can see this afternoon, I am joined by a panel of experts who will be answering your questions. To my right, we have Associate Director Clayton Latouche and Amber Clements, Resource Manager, School, Child Care Centre and Daycare Programs Outbreak Team. And to my left, we have Dr. Stephen Reed, Associate Director of Education, and Janice So from York Region Public Health, Infection Prevention and Control Specialist, Health Protection Division, Public Health Branch, Community and Health Services Department. There are many questions before us. Let's begin. Our first question is in regard to the hybrid model. And the way we'll work today is I'll be uh, talking about the theme of the question, I'll be reading the question, and then inviting either our colleagues from public health or one of our associate directors to respond. So the first series of questions are all about hybrid learning. 
When will families be provided with information regarding how our children's classes will be communicated, what time they should log on, etc.? Uh, Dr. Reed, I'm going to be inviting you to answer the questions about hybrid learning. Thank you. And we are all certainly looking forward to opening up our classrooms for 2021-2022 school year. We've continued to work with families this week to confirm choices if there were questions from families. Those changes will be completed by today. With regards to information of classes, as well as when and how to log in, families will receive this information from their school by the end of the day tomorrow. Our next question is, how will we rate the effectiveness of delivering education across both models? We are committed to providing students with effective instruction and assessment in face-to-face -face and hybrid learning environments. We know that there will be a learning curve for teachers and students in implementing a hybrid learning environment. However, there are a variety of supports available for educators to access. And we've experienced the use of technology in teaching and learning. There will be transferable skills that our educators will use to transition into a hybrid classroom. And to that, I want to thank our educators and support staff for all their efforts in getting ready for this year. Last year, when we engaged students and families about uh, teaching and learning, we continued to hear from students and parents that they appreciated all the efforts of educators and support staff for all the work that they did last year to support learning. Why did you choose this hybrid model of teaching over virtual and in-person? The YRDSB hybrid model allows for flexibility for students to move between in-person and virtual environments as required by public health. Families told us that during reorganizations last year, where students were not with their school, each time changes were made, regardless of whether the family requested a change, children may have had to have a new teacher. And this was identified as a challenge for the continuity of learning. Through feedback, families have shared that their priorities for the learning model this year included children being connected to their home school to access their peers, their friends, and the staff at the school. Also, families wanted their children to access specialized support staff. For example, English language learner teachers, special education resource teachers, staff who knew the community and knew their children. The ability to switch more readily when required between in-person and remote learning is definitely one of the benefits of this model. And the next question is about consultation. When we decided on the hybrid model, uh, did we consult teachers and administrators in the form of surveys and anecdotal responses? So as we were considering our pandemic response, and that's what this is, a pandemic response to teaching and learning for the 2021-2022 school year, there was a desire to learn from the current experiences of students and families. During this past year, we compiled feedback from staff and students and families, reviewing the information and questions provided to inform our thinking. We also gathered information via thought exchanges and the student and family climate surveys to gather information regarding the following. What successes have you experienced this school year? What supports do you feel will increase your learning and engagement experiences? What was working well for online learning? what was not working well for online learning. Suggestions and comments to improve online learning. We also asked for an additional comments or suggestions to help us when considering the improvement of their learning experiences. Through the climate surveys, we have almost 13,000 students in grades nine to 12 share their experiences. In another thought exchange, we had 5,154 students and families participate and they shared 5,700 thoughts and they provided 
72,505 ratings on those thoughts. Through feedback, families shared that priorities for our learning model this year included children being connected to their home school to access their peers and friends and staff. Also, families wanted that access to the English language learners, special education resource teachers, teachers that knew the community and their children, and as well that ability to switch back and forth easily if required by the pandemic. Thank you, Stephen. This next one really speaks to one of the considerations that uh, really we thought deeply about as we were analyzing the model. Um, the individual wrote, will remote learning be available for students who are staying home due to having symptoms of COVID-19 or being told to self-isolate? And the answer to that is yes. So to ensure that students have a consistent learning experience, should a student need to self-isolate, teachers will create an online digital classroom for all classes K-12. Using Google Classroom for elementary students and either Brightspace or Google Classroom for, for secondary students. So similar to last year when, when classes uh, were required to isolate, there was a shift to online uh, with the hybrid model. If there is a hybrid class, then it's very easy to transition and then there'd be a short period of time to transition if the class was totally face-to-face. -to -face. Yeah, and as we've not had the hybrid uh, model for most of our classes, people are wondering what it's going to feel and look like. Uh, so this individual wrote, how do schools plan to ensure that both online and in-person students are getting the same experience? Mm -hmm. The hybrid model has numerous benefits, including keeping remote learners connected to their home school, with the friends and after offering continuity of learning if a transition of learning formats is required. All students in the class will receive the same curriculum instruction from their teachers. Students will be, belong to uh, a class in their school regardless of their choos chosen learning format. They will be able to reestablish connections with their peers and learn together as a class. And this uh, individual wonders, how will my child receive adequate attention from their teacher if their teacher has to share or split their attention between students in class and students uh, who are learning online? Students in both the online and the in-person experience will learn the same curriculum and complete the same assignments, assessments and evaluations in most cases. Teachers may differentiate based on the strengths and needs of students as always, and as well as the model. Teachers will continue to differentiate instruction, assessment, and evaluation to meet the needs of all students. Teachers have always planned learning experiences to incorporate whole group and small group teaching and whole class, small group, and individual student support and follow-up. This will continue in the hybrid model. And, and we know that any one of our classrooms can be a hybrid uh, a classroom that students may all be enrolled face-to-face, -face, but at any point a student may be asked to self-isolate and, and of course that that classroom then becomes a hybrid classroom. And some of those classrooms are going to have combined grades, Stephen. So how will combined grade classrooms work in a hybrid environment? Combined grades are really a reality in most of our elementary schools and teachers will continue to provide each grade with the appropriate curriculum differentiated by grade where required, regardless of the model, whether it's face-to-face -face or hybrid. And is the interface with online students supposed to be through the teacher's laptop? So similar to, to last year, educators will use Google Classroom and Brightspace to engage students uh, who will be learning remotely. This year, uh, educators will be equipped with headsets and a web camera for the purpose of supporting remote learners to see and hear lessons. 
and how-to videos have been developed to support with the setup of the web cameras and the headset and the headsets. So with that new technology, we believe that our students will be able to uh, hear uh, the teacher. Um, we've been testing that uh, technology out ourselves. It's very, very clear. And then the web camera will help students in being able to uh, see what's happening uh, with the teacher. And we have a uh, support line in place with our technology team for our staff so that they are able to have any technical support uh, uh, if they have questions or um, uh, any interface uh, challenges. So our next question is, how will student safety be at the forefront when teachers are responsible for 25 to 39 plus in-person students and hybrid learners? Class size is determined by the Minister of Education and health and safety protocols as well as privacy guidelines will be followed to ensure the safety of all of our students. Last year in EVS wrote this parent, my child's teacher did a wonderful job of making sure all the materials used were things that most students had at home. And I saw that absolutely uh, as I visited uh, EVS and SVS classes, the teachers were just ever so thoughtful to be thinking about uh, finding buttons or finding crayons uh, students would be able to access. So lovely to hear that uh, feedback from, from this parent. Uh, the question is, how will there be similar equity when students in class have all the materials and the ones at home have very little? So there's a bit of an assumption here, but, uh, but uh, might indeed be true. So teachers will provide engaging and appropriate experiential learning opportunities for students. Some activities will require modifications due to safety concerns or supervision requirements. But we do have a process in place to support teachers in making decisions regarding experiential learning activities so that students have safe, although perhaps alternative activities that align with the curriculum expectations. Thanks, Stephen. How will the hybrid model work for something like gym class or music class where students are not able to actively participate in the class with other students? So students in both remote and in-person learning environments who are in the same grade will learn the same curriculum. Teachers will continue to differentiate instruction, assessment, evaluation, outlined in health and physical education curriculum by teaching expectations and skills and providing opportunities for practice, whether at home or at school. Educators will be flexible in their approach to programming and physical education and will plan teaching and learning experiences to maximize interacting together as one learning community when possible. An alternative learning task for students learning remotely may be required. In music, teachers can provide many different tools, instruments, voice, digital tools, percussions, etc., for students to demonstrate their learning of curriculum expectations, including the fundamental concepts. Students will apply their learning through their use of the creative process and critical analysis process. Where equipment is required, alternatives will be considered. Thank you. In schools where the number of students learning remotely is low, can combining classes across community schools be considered? So in each school, a class can be completely face-to-face -face or remote. However, any class can become hybrid at any point during the year based on changing needs of students and families and as well as the direction of public health. In order to maintain a consistent instructional program for students, as well as maximize flexibility between face-to-face -face and remote when necessary, classes will uh, not be created with students across the school, uh, will not be created at, at, uh, at this time for schools. For the most part, what we've asked uh, principals to do, so for example, our elementary principals, is to maintain uh, the, the classroom structures that they had set up 
at the end of last school year because they were thinking uh, with their staff very, very closely with respect to the needs of the students, uh, putting balanced classrooms together. We want those to continue and our elementary schools will revisit uh, when there's the reorg time at the end of September. This next one is a common question and people are curious to know what all of the results have uh, come in based on the surveys that we uh, asked our families to complete. Can you please provide data on the percentage of students who have selected remote learning for this year? Certainly. Uh, in secondary, 8% of students have chosen remote learning. And in elementary, 15% of students have chosen re uh, remote learning. We'll be providing further uh, information as, uh, as we uh, continue to uh, clean the data. But we also know that some of the patterns that we saw last year remain. So uh, most of our students who have chosen remote uh, we can see a higher percentage that are in the east, uh, the least in the north, and then in the west and central right in the middle. And uh, indeed, that uh, those percentages will fluctuate, won't it, based mm -hmm. on what is happening with, uh, with the COVID cases uh, within York region. Uh, this next question is similar to the previous topic that you were chatting about. Will some classes be fully in-person, fully virtual, and some hybrid, or will all classes be hybrid? Could you just go over that one more time? Right, uh, because it is a common question. So each school will determine the composition of classes based on the number of students who choose in-person and remote learning. At times, a class could be completely face-to-face -face or completely online. However, any class can become hybrid uh, at any point based on changing needs. And so just with respect to the demographics, uh, we could see, for example, perhaps more uh, totally online remote uh, learning classes in the east, and we may see more totally face-to-face -to -face classrooms in the north just based on the percentage of right, students of course. requesting that. Right, and then again, depending upon what happens with, uh, with COVID through time. And then uh, just with respect to the changes, because that's often another uh, another question. So for our elementary, when we look at uh, changes, we're going to be waiting until the September 27th, which is the reorganization day that happens every year. And so what principals and staff do, they look to see who they were expecting to have come to school. And then they look to see who has showed up and we make calls and we, we uh, try to ensure that we have an understanding of all of the students that are becoming, whether they're remote or face-to-face. -face. And then we shift where needed uh, the classroom structures to best uh, suit uh, the students who have showed up that year. Yeah, thank you, Stephen. So this next question is is uh, geared more to secondary and the author is, is wondering about our model. We know that we are offering four courses per semester, which is a typical uh, secondary model. And this author is wondering in regards to the alternating class schedule, why was this method chosen for this semester instead of quadmesters? Right, so a semester model was chosen because it has numerous benefits. In this model, students can continue to have four periods over a semester. So there's a longer period of time for students to be able to acquire the knowledge, as well as they're very, very familiar with the semester timelines. And so that's supportive of students being able to understand their personal schedules, as well as when often course submissions take place, as well as uh, students who are seeking post-secondary pathways all of the timelines are exactly the same as they have been in the past. It becomes a little more quad, uh, difficult during a, a quadmester model. A semester model provides time for students to acclimatize to the new year. It provides 90 plus days before the end of the courses. 
And this model would support the return to regular four class per day schedule if directed by the ministry. So we're hoping that at any point during the year, if we're allowed to go to a four class per day schedule, we'll be able to do that almost immediately. If we had a, uh, a quadmester, we wouldn't be able to do that. We'd have to wait a period of time before we could move to, say, two courses in a day. So it becomes a little more complicated, and that's one of the reasons why we chose this model. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Lots of consideration at that time, for sure, when we made that decision. Uh, so this is, again, um, a very common question. Parents are wondering about how uh, the migration happens between uh, online to face-to-face. Uh, -face. So if a child isn't feeling good one day, can they stay home but log into their classroom and learn virtually? So, and a wonderful question. And to ensure that students have a consistent learning experience, teachers, teachers will create an online digital classroom for all classes, K to 12. And so in our secondary, they can use Brightspace or Google Classroom. In our elementary, it will be Google Classroom. And if a class is already a hybrid, so it has remote learners, then students uh, would be able to be let into the hybrid classroom. So if they left for our doctor's appointment and they went back home, they'd be able to log into that classroom. We are reviewing attendance processes in these instances when a student is absent from their identified learning model, either face-to-face -face or remote. If a class does not already have remote learn re learners, then that student would follow past classroom and school practice for absences due to appointments or illness. Thanks, Stephen. Can we switch to remote for extreme weather days, including heat waves and snowstorms? So in terms of managing hot weather, all schools have hot weather action plans in place uh, when they would enact when appropriate. Specific information can be provided by your school's principal. For extreme weather days during the winter, we are reviewing the protocol that was in place last year where schools were closed and students shifted to remote learning for the day in response to the pandemic conditions. We will need to take into account the emerging conditions and will engage with public health for their guidance, so more information will be provided to schools and communities early in the fall. And what is the process for changing models and how frequently can students change models? So in elementary schools, initial opportunity to switch models will be provided uh, after the first month of school that aligns to the regular elementary school reorganization, which occurs near the end of the month, September 27th. In secondary schools, an opportunity to switch models will be provided after the midpoint of the semester mid-November. The process for changing learning models will be communicated to families prior to that time. Uh, throughout the year, uh, students and families will have an opportunity to make switches uh, based on particular needs and based on where we see ourselves with respect to the pandemic. Will parents be notified ahead of time of the school year if the child's class will be a hybrid classroom? So at this time, all classes are considered hybrid classrooms as they may have remote learners at any time. And will my child log in the same time everyone starts school or do they log in when class is settled in? So the school day consists of 300 minutes of instruction time for students. Your child's educator will provide you with direction regarding the classroom procedures as well as your child's uh, uh, timetable. Uh, so we know that based on certain structures within the day, uh, that uh, students both face-to-face -face and uh, remotely uh, might have to wait uh, for our next activity, for example. Right. Again, some more questions about what it's uh, going to feel like and look like. How will tests and exams be for in-person versus online students? 
So equitable assessment is flexible. Not all students need to demonstrate learning in the same way. Uh, where and how students learn informs the ways educators assess individual students. Assessment is an ongoing piece of planning and instruction cycle. It's not in isolation and not only at the end of a course or a section. Evaluation is only based on evidence of learning gathered connected to the overall curriculum and program expectations. Assessment tasks are carefully planned to relate to the curriculum expectations and learning goals and as much as possible to the interests, learning styles and preferences, needs and experiences of students. On-demand assessments such as tests may be part of a body of evidence and are one piece of evidence that can be considered if the teacher determines it will support the goal of improved student learning. Students should be given multiple opportunities to, to demonstrate their learning in a variety of ways. Equitable assessment is flexible. Not all students, again, need to demonstrate learning in the same way. Thanks, Stephen. Uh, this next one is about the first day of school. We can't wait. We already have five of our secondary students' schools back in. Uh, and it's just so fantastic to see. I was uh, at uh, Markville Secondary, grade nine orientation. The halls were uh, abuzz with very, very uh, excited students to be back. Um, and this parent is wondering, how will the first day of school work for hybrid classes? Right. So the first day of school is Thursday, September 9th. Students in grades uh, one day begin on this day. There's a supported entry plan for kindergarten year one students starting on September 9th or 10th. That's similar to each year. Your, student will, your school will communicate with you directly about your child's first day of school. For most secondary uh, schools, Thursday, September 9th is a grade nine day. Grade nine students will only uh, attend. The first day of school for all students in grades 10 to 12 is Friday, September 10th. Your school will send information about the first day of uh, school. So there will be some specific uh, information that will be coming to parents uh, with respect to the login and the time that they would log in on the first day. Right. So for the balance of our students that are looking to Thursday, September 9th, we cannot wait to have you back. Uh, whether you're learning online or face-to-face, -face, uh, we're really, really happy to welcome you back to school. Next question is, will the students uh, doing virtual be able to see their fellow classmates online in class on the screen? So students learning remotely should use both their audio and video when participating in collaborative activities in order to maximize connections with their peers and teachers during Google Meet or Zoom sessions. The use of a blurred background or stock image for the virtual background is recommended. Special considerations or accommodations may be discussed uh, with the teacher. And you know for that question it makes me think of uh, the data that we know for uh, students who experienced the pandemic last year their sense of uh, feeling disconnected was greater uh, through surveys conducted uh, through the province nationally. Um, so for as much as possible for our online students to keep those cameras on if possible blur their background so that that sense of connection uh, stays strong. And we do have information, I know we'll talk about it later with respect to privacy, but that is a consideration for our classrooms. Uh, so teachers will have that information, we'll be providing information to students so they know where the cameras are. There may even be times we are really attempting to have our classes be a one community. So whether you're remote or you're face-to-face, -face, it's one community. And so there may even be opportunities for students who are remote uh, to be actually interacting with students in the classroom. Yeah, we'll be learning together. Mm -hmm. 
Next question um, is about rising cases. If cases are rising by September the 9th and we have serious concerns about our child's safety, do we have an option to withdraw our children from in-person learning to virtual learning immediately? So as we move through the pandemic this year, questions about moving learning models should be discussed with the school administrator. So the school administrator will be able to support students and families in considering a, a transfer. So as you identified, a transfer, for example, to a remote learning for a period of time. As always, we'll continue to follow direction from public health. Yeah, this next question is an important one. We know that uh, the hybrid learning model, again, is really uh, is, is a new um, environment for most of our teachers. And we know that uh, our teachers, uh, we're asking them to be uh, learning uh, different skills. And uh, there's some uh, certainly nervousness uh, on their behalf, and we want to be sure that we are providing as much support as is asked for and is necessary. Uh, so this author is asking, what training have teachers been provided with to ensure they can be successful with hybrid? And, and absolutely, we want to see that. Uh, we certainly are thinking about our teachers, and we're th we're thankful for. Uh, all that they have done to prepare for this year and we do know that there were some opportunities to also learn uh, last year. A number of resources and professional learning opportunities have been created to support teachers with lesson planning as well as with operational technical aspects of facilitating learning in a hybrid classroom. Teachers have been engaging in this learning already and will continue to receive ongoing support throughout the year so that they can continue to learn and refine their practice. These learning opportunities have been recorded and can be accessed by educators at any time. How will a student working online participate in group activities? So educators will be creating whole group, small group and independent learning opportunities for all students. There will also be opportunities for students to work and learn collaboratively. Students learning online uh, will have an opportunity to see shared materials via the classroom camera and will have access to resources posted in Google Classroom. Uh, mics in the classroom will be turned on so that learners online can hear the educators' instructions. Activities presented in the classroom will be designed to allow multiple ways for students to respond to the learning. Also, educators will be using collaborative tools for all learners to share their learning, thinking, and ideas throughout the lesson. These tools can be uh, completed synchronously or asynchronously and can be accessed at all times. So Stephen, imagine a teacher is uh, teaching their lesson. Uh, this parent is wondering what will be the method by which an online student can ask a question at that time. Yeah. And students learning online will be able to connect with the teacher through the online learning environment, such as Google Classroom, Google Meet, as they did during the fully remote learning. So they would be able to uh, send in, for example, chat a question to a teacher. Right. Now, this next question I can't imagine ever occurring. Uh, that is a, a joke. But what happens if there's a technical issue impacting the student who is learning remotely? We know sometimes technical issues do occur. And educators have built in learning opportunities for both synchronous and asynchronous uh, learning. Students uh, will have an opportunity to work on learning and submit completed tasks at, uh, at different times. And so if there are technical difficulties, uh, students will be provided uh, with um, uh, guidance of how they can connect with our IT services and be able to get uh, access to support. Yeah. In all seriousness, uh, although we know technical issues and challenges do occur, uh, we are uh, have an entire technical IT team that is at the ready to be supporting our teachers as well as uh, being dispatched to our schools if there uh, are technical challenges. 
and we hope that they are at a minimum. Uh, so uh, for our parents and our staff, please know that uh, that is a commitment that we make and uh, uh, through our through our teams, uh, they're very, very dedicated to be having a smooth experience for uh, for us. The next question, are students online in high school meant to stay online for the full two and a half hours or are they working asynchronously? Each class period is 150 minutes in length and students would be connected online for the full time. Classroom learning often involves time for students to work independently with the opportunity to ask teachers questions. So there will be a regular ebb and flow that occurs in the classroom where there's whole class activities and opportunities for students to work in small groups and individually. So that would be both synchronous and asynchronous opportunities. Right. Question about cameras. Do teachers need to have their cameras on? Educators will be equipped with headsets and a web camera for the purpose of supporting remote learners to see and hear lessons. The web camera will generally point towards the teacher and the whiteboard or chalkboard and at times may capture the voices and images of students learning remotely or face-to-face -face for learning purposes. How will teachers ensure the online chat is safe if they're not always looking at their computer? Communication platforms and tools have been chosen because they enable two-way live voice and video and text chat communication. The platforms have robust privacy policies as well as safety features for classroom use, including host controls. Through the use of these platforms and with our educators being private, uh, privacy conscious, secure virtual spaces can be created for students and staff to minimize the risk of inappropriate access. Use or breach of student information is so critical as we move forward. If there are any concerns, please contact the school administrator to share or report these concerns if there is any breach of student information. This uh, next question makes me think of a conversation I had recently uh, with Principal Obadayo at, um, at uh, Markville Secondary. She was saying, just thinking of the year gone by and, and us having to go to all virtual learning. And she was just expressing so much hope that we were able to keep schools uh, open for face-to-face -face, uh, face learning. And I know that that is a shared goal for all of us and we're watching the cases rise for, for COVID and hoping that uh, we're not having to uh, experience a, a closure. But that this question speaks directly to that. If COVID numbers get too high, will classes um, all move over to virtual online given that the cases are already on the rise. So as always, we'll continue to work with our local public health unit and follow uh, the, any information and advice that they provide. Uh, we'll also uh, follow the direction of the ministry yeah. if the ministry identifies that within a particular region that we would need to go to totally remote. Yeah, it's not our decision, it's right. Stephen. Uh, can online learning students log into school from anywhere, even outside of the country? So why are DSP students working remotely will have access to the Google Classroom from different locations. And will students be able to do half in-person and half virtual learning daily? So families will need to choose only one of these learning models and if required, we'll be able to switch to models at designated times. For example, students who selected remote learning may move to in-person learning during the year. During the school year, requests for short-term remote learning may be made for reasons such as the need to quarantine, extended illness, or other public health requirements may be accommodated. All requests should be discussed with the school principal. As we receive additional information from the ministry and public health, this information will be updated as required and shared with families and students. And can the hybrid model be changed to in-person when the situation becomes better or what is the procedure? 
why are DSP will be following a hybrid model for the 2021-2022 school year as we're required to provide remote learning uh, through the school year. If our situation improves, we assume that more and more families will choose face-to-face, -face, making most classrooms 100% face-to-face at some point during the year. That is our hope. And that uh, really is about, is about confidence, so let's, uh, let's hope that indeed is, is the case. If the class is dismissed due to possible exposure, or the kid is having any symptom and they need to stay home for 10 days, do we automatically switch to online remote mode right away, uh, the, like the next day or so? So yes, if a class is dismissed or a student needs to self-isolate, remote learning will be available as soon as possible. Information about remote learning, such as login and times, will be provided by teachers if this circumstance arises. And how will the sound quality be addressed for virtual students? So educators will be equipped with headsets and webcams to support effective use of technology. This technology will support the sound quality that students receive when, it, when accessing learning remotely. I've heard uh, several staff, we have been attempting to use uh, the uh, headsets just to see how easy they are to use. And the sound quality is, is uh, high. It's a, a high level of quality for the technology that we've purchased for our educators. Okay. And um, of course, sometimes our teachers are absent. So for supply teaching, how will hybrid be handled when a supply teacher is required? So occasional teachers will have access to required technology to continue to support the hybrid learning. And similar to last year, uh, we would provide information to teachers who, were, who would also be teaching remote students during that time. Thank you. Are all courses available for students who choose to stay at home? Remote learners can participate in the same courses as in-school learners and will follow the same schedules. Were timetables created so that students taking similar schedules were grouped as a cohort um, to limit potential exposures to different students? Given the number of students, subjects, and pathways offered to support the learning of our secondary students, it's not possible to timetable students in similar schedules. Timetables were created with student safety and as a priority following ministry guidance, and students were timetabled into two courses per day. In our model, students maintain their two course for the full week. In the opposite week, students will take the other two courses for the full week. So that really does minimize uh, the amount of times that students are, uh, are engaging with different, uh, different cohorts during okay. that one day. Another question about cohorts. Will my child stay in cohorts in case of outbreaks? Elementary students will remain in their class cohort during the instructional time. Secondary students will be part of two classes each week. How is YRDSB planning to collect parents and students' feedback throughout the school year regarding remote learning and the hybrid model? What is the frequency for collecting the feedback? So similar to last year, the board will be collecting feedback from students, staff, and family throughout the year. Information will be gathered through schools as well as by the board through system surveys and tools such as uh, thought exchange throughout the year question about technology. Uh, is it going to be provided for students learning from home and how do students request the tech? I'll uh, take that one Louise. So Let's students see. can uh, request loaner technology through their home school as they uh, were able to last year. Uh, schools will be communicating a process for parents to follow if they need to pick up their technology and students are encouraged to use their own technology to access the virtual classroom wherever possible. 
Uh, thank you very much, Clayton, and thank you, Stephen, for answering that, uh, th that long list of questions. Uh, so, Clayton, continuing with technology, what technology uh, do you recommend for students who are experiencing virtual learning and do they need a video and a microphone? So as we learned last year, a Chromebook or a laptop is a very suitable device for students to engage in virtual learning. And are students allowed to bring technology from home? Yes, absolutely. And again, learning from last year, we know that our learning platforms work very well with personal technology. And we have several schools actually that have already adopted a bring your own device policy. So imagine if you are a family with a child who's learning virtually, what is the process if there are technical difficulties in the classroom? So we know that with this volume um, uh, and the use of technology, there are going to be technical difficulties for staff as well as for students. Uh, if our students experience difficulty, they should contact um, the classroom teacher, report that difficulty to the classroom teacher. And if the teacher is unable to resolve the issue, then they will connect with IT services for assistance for that family. And we have some questions uh, regarding student privacy, Clayton, if I could direct them to you. Uh, this one says, how can you ensure that my child's identity and privacy are protected during hybrid learning? I don't get permission for them to be on camera or audio in the classroom. Uh, privacy concerns have been at the heart of um, uh, all of our consideration from the start of our planning. And as such, um, educators will use instructional practices that protect the privacy um, security and uh, the dignity of our students. So at the board, we've developed um, information in a document called Privacy Considerations for Hybrid Learning for 2021-2022 School Year. This resource can be accessed from the board's website. Uh, parents can click on more information in the section called 2021-22 COVID-19 Information and Resources. Parents and guardians who have uh, selected face-to-face -face learning and have privacy concerns or do not wish for their child to be visible on camera are asked to discuss their concerns with the classroom teacher and the school administrator. An extension to that last question, uh, Clayton, how can you guarantee that students with special education needs or who are at risk have privacy in a hybrid class environment? Again, the dignity of all of our students um, is at the core of what, we, um, of what we plan. Cameras will not be permanently mounted uh, to broadcast a full classroom. Uh, and students will have knowledge of the specific areas of the classroom where the webcam can usually be pointed. Most often the webcam will be pointed at the whiteboard or, or the chalkboard. Are we expecting students at home to have their cameras on? Uh, as you indicated earlier, uh, Louise, uh, that would be the expectation. Uh, we recognize that there may be moments where students may need to turn their cameras off. Students learning remotely should use both their audio and video when participating in collaborative activities in order to maximize connections to their peers and teachers. Special considerations or accommodations may be discussed with the classroom teacher. Thank you. We're going to move to a series of questions regarding special education. And Stephen, I'm going to come back to you if I may. Uh, so this first question is about uh, IEPs. How will a student's IEP be supported in a hybrid classroom with the teacher's attention split between virtual and in-person students? So the, the teacher has always needed to manage the attention of the entire class. They will use similar systems and strategies to ensure every student gets the time and attention they need. All IEPs are updated multiple times uh, throughout the year 
to ensure they match the student needs and the learning environment. IEPs will be written at the beginning of the year with the student selected learning model in mind, just as they were done last school year. Thank you. What kind of support and help will be offered for special education students who do not learn like other neurotypical students and who cannot catch up on the missed education due to lockdown or virtual learning? Uh, teachers will use diagnostic assessment tools in consultation with families and school staff to ensure that the individual education plan is responsive to the learner's assets and needs. The teacher will identify strategies and supports that will help the learner make a smooth transition back to school and set appropriate goals for each individual learner. Will my child have a special education teacher or CERT in September? Every child can access a CERT if they need one. If your child is identified as exceptional, they will have one assigned to them. This is a benefit of the hybrid model. Regardless of the choice makeup in the school, face-to-face uh, -face and remote, the same staff are associated with the school and students. Do students in community classes have to wear masks? All students must follow the mask protocol. Exemptions can be made under specific criteria. Please contact your school principal for more details if you feel that your child requires an exemption. Will IPRC and IEP meetings still go ahead and be on time for the fall? Yes, all IPRCs and IEP meetings uh, will still go ahead virtually and they will begin in September. Online and experiential education are imperative to the success of students with special education needs in high school. Will these be allowed for students in community classes? So at present, uh, York Region Public Health is mandating that all students must adhere to the York Region Public Health safety measures. Once these safety measures allow for community-based experiential learning, they will be arranged. In the meantime, schools are encouraged to find in-school and virtual opportunities for experiential learning. What are the expectations for parents and supporting students when learning from home? Parents and guardians are encouraged to work with their ch child's teacher and school team to determine how to best support the learning from home. What supports are in place before school starts to help students become familiar with an online classroom? So the 2020-21 school year exposed a vast majority of our students to online classroom environments. Staff will support new students unfamiliar with virtual learning upon their, revive, their arrival. Thank you, Stephen. So now we're going to be asking some questions, uh, answering some questions about resources. What uh, resources and support will there be for online students? So all students will have access to the board supported learning platforms like Google Apps uh, for education and desire to learn connected to Brightspace. Online resources are also available to our students on the board's website. Students will be able to access supports such as guidance services, uh, CERT support, and student success teacher support virtually. And what resources or supplies do online students need to have? Online students will need internet access and a device such as a Chromebook or laptop and their Google Apps account. Please contact your child's school if you have specific questions. Now we're going to be talking about early years, always a fun and exciting uh, classroom to visit with children uh, learning through inquiry, 
uh, it's a fabulous, fabulous privilege to be uh, walking into a kindergarten class. So this uh, parent asks, uh, what are kindergarten routines and what should we do to prepare for kids? Uh, will schools send out supply lists and routines? During the first week of school, schools will send out electronic communications to families, sharing processes, routines, and expectations. Kindergarten educators will share information regarding class routines. Please visit www.yrdsb.ca slash kindergarten for more information about how to best prepare your child for kindergarten. And I know that uh, very recently we had uh, posted a video, uh, Welcome to Kindergarten, which provided a wonderful opportunity for students and parents and families to be able to see what kindergarten would look like mm -hmm. this year. Why are masks not mandatory in kindergarten? This is a frequent question. So our board does take direction from uh, York Region Public Health uh, though it is not mandatory that kindergarten students wear a mask, York Region Public Health strongly recommends that they do. And we're going to pass it over to York Region Public Health, uh, Janice, for some more information. Thank you. Thank you. So York Region Public Health is recommending that students in junior and senior kindergarten to wear masks indoors as they can tolerate it while attending school in person during the school year. Other reasonable exemptions would also continue to apply, such as if students cannot uh, cannot tolerate it, um, who have trouble breathing or unable to wear masks for medical reasons, or if they're temporarily removing it when they're eating and drinking. Masks for JK and SK have never been mandatory in York Region, but parents and guardians have been able to make the decision on their use for the individual child. Masks have been made, not made uh, to be mandatory to align with uh, provincial guidance. However, given increased circulation of Delta, York Region is recommending that students in JK or SK to wear masks as they can tolerate it when attending in-person classes like their grade one to 12 peers. Thank you. What extra precautions are being taken for kindergartners who don't have to wear masks? So HEPA filters will be provided for each kindergarten classroom. Educators will also be supporting students with proper hand hygiene throughout the day. Cleaning and sanitizing of resources will be conducted as well. Is it okay for kids to wear adult reusable masks as it is hard to buy toddler-sized disposable masks? Well-constructed, well-fitting, and properly worn non-medical masks can help protect you and others from COVID-19. A well-fitting mask should be large enough to completely and comfortably cover the nose, mouth, chin without gaps, fit securely to the head with ties or ear loops, be comfortable and not require frequent adjustments, maintain its shape after washing and drying. And now over to YRPA. Thanks, Steven. So students may wear non-medical disposable or cloth masks when they're indoors in schools and on school vehicles. It is important that masks are properly fitted around the face. So using an oversized mask may be difficult to achieve a good seal around the face for the mask to be effective. Will the first day of JK be a half day? A uh, supported entry process for kindergarten has been created. The kindergarten supported entry process for September 9 and 10 allows children an opportunity to be introduced to their new classrooms, educators, friends, and in small groups. All year one students will have an opportunity to visit their new kindergarten classroom during the first week of school. Your child's school will communicate the timelines and the process for your child. Full-time attendance for all kindergarten students together will start on Monday, September 13th. 
Do you remember your children's first day at kindergarten? Mm -hmm. It was, uh, it is a magical day. So parents, if you are bringing your child into kindergarten for the very first time, um, bring, bring your Kleenex and uh, know that you are passing over your treasure to people who deeply care about the success of your child for that day and for always. Uh, so this parent, I'm wondering, is a first-time parent who's dropping off uh, their little their little kindy to us. Are we allowed to escort our children inside the school and into the kindergarten classroom? So at this time, and due to COVID restrictions, entry into school buildings is limited. Families are asked to drop off and pick up kindergarten students in designated areas. During drop-off and pick-up, families are encouraged to maintain physical distance from other adults and children, wear face masks, remain outside the kindergarten play area, and leave immediately after dropping off or picking up their child. Kindergarten students in before care are escorted by staff directly into their designated classroom. Late drop-off or early pickup, parents will be asked to call the school from the front door, but will not be permitted into the school. Office staff will sign the student in or out and notify the classroom teacher. A staff member will be requested to escort the, the, the kindergarten student either from or to the class. And how do I inform my child's teacher that my daughter will be taking the school bus? All students who are eligible for transportation are automatically assigned to bus uh, routes and have a bus stop uh, closest to their home. Parents can visit the S uh, STS website to determine if they are eligible for transportation. The website is uh, schoolbuscity.com. That's schoolbuscity.com, and that's all one word, no spaces. Parents are always encouraged to discuss the routines of uh, the routines with their children, um, as well as with their teachers or principals if they have any questions or concerns. Will kindergarten students be able to use centers and materials like a loose part, sand, and water play? Uh, there will be opportunities for a variety of indoor and outdoor play experiences in both whole and small groups. Students will practice hand hygiene before engaging in play. Materials chosen for small group activities will be sanitized after the play is done. Materials that cannot be sanitized will be removed at that time. Uh, as well, individualized materials will be provided to each student and may include a book bin with reading materials to reduce sharing of materials, arts and crafts materials, and sens sensory materials that can be sanitized are, that cannot be sanitized can be kept in labeled bags for each individual child. And now back over to YRPH, Janice. Thank you. So to use the materials important for learning is permitted within the current provincial guidance. Students should practice regular hand hygiene and respiratory etiquette throughout the day. We encourage students to maintain physical distancing as much as possible during their indoor play. Will there be after-school care offered and how much? Before and after care programs continue to be offered in most schools across YRDSB. Please contact your school for more information. And how do we get in touch with our class teacher for inquiries? Parents and guardians may contact their child's educator as needed. Families will also receive communication from their school outlining the educator names and contact information. Families can reach out to educators by Google Classroom, email, phone, ESB messaging tool, Google Classroom, uh, Guardian Summary, Talking Points Platform, Video Conference Tool, 
or contacting the school office. So there were many different opportunities there and the school and the educator will let families know the best way to make contact. Are kids accompanied to washrooms and how should parents prepare our kids for washrooms in school? In kindergarten, children are encouraged to use the washroom independently while at school. Parents can support children with practicing washroom self-help routines in preparation for school. And that would include washing hands with soap, dressing and undressing as independently as possible. As every child develops at their own pace, some children may require toileting support while they get comfortable in the classroom. Administrators will work with their staff, families, caregivers to develop a responsive entry to school plan that meets the individual needs of the child and honors the dignity of the child. In, each, uh, in the event that a change of clothing is required, please send extra set of clothes to be kept at the school. I think one tip our kindergarten teachers and DECEs might recommend for parents, uh, my colleagues from um, YRPH, might be to be singing a song as they're washing their hands so that uh, they know that they're washing their hands for a, a good long while. Um, and so it's, not, uh, so it's not quick. And uh, it's an opportunity for do some family singing. Our next question, would it be possible to send my child to kindergarten on a part-time basis? For example, three days a week only or morning and afternoons only? Families and educators will work together to create a supportive transition plan for children. Most children readily adapt to a full day learning and caring well-supervised kindergarten environments. And will there be an opportunity to meet my child's teacher? There will be opportunities, both formal and informal, to meet the uh, educator teams throughout the year. Their school will reach out uh, with an invite and or communication opportunity. If you have any questions, please reach out to your school and or educator teams. Will the teacher or DECE in the classroom remind the JK and SK students to change their masks every three to four hours or after lunch? So wearing of masks in the kindergarten classroom, that's something for some students that will be uh, very new. Uh, children will be encouraged to wear their masks. Mask donning and doffing will be supervised by staff. Children will be encouraged not to touch, adjust, or share their masks. Proper hand washing will be conducted throughout the day. Educators will be wearing masks and required a PPE at all times. And this question, uh, again about safety, and this particular one about lunch. Uh, given the larger class sizes, are elementary students being encouraged to go home for lunch where possible? So um, I'll take that question. Thank you, Clayton. No problem. Um, so students will absolutely be allowed and encouraged to go home for lunch. Uh, students who are remaining at school for lunch are to bring their own lunch, including hot lunches. For safety reasons, lunch drop-offs will not be permitted. Class sizes are determined by the Ministry of Education and uh, our board will be following those uh, guidelines. Clayton, we'll continue for, with you for a stretch if you don't mind. Uh, do students need to bring supplies such as pencil cases, binders, etc., or will items they need be supplied like last year? Uh, schools will provide students with uh, needed learning supplies and uh, students may bring their own, but when they do, they're asked not to share them with their classmates. Can kids use cubbies and lockers in the hallway to store their coats and backpacks and change into indoor shoes? Absolutely. So we're available. Students um, can use their assigned cubby or locker. Uh, where they will keep their personal belongings and uh, Janice, you may have something to add to this. 
Yeah, thank you, Clayton. Like you said, the use of cubbies and lockers is permitted within the current provincial guidance. Masks must be worn and distancing must be maintained as much as possible between the cohorts or um, when the students are in the shared indoor space. Congregating around the lockers or the cubbies is discouraged and regular hand hygiene and respiratory etiquettes are important. And Clayton, back to you. Will extracurricular activities resume the school year? So following the guidance of public health, it is our expectation that our schools will be able to resume extracurricular activity this year as per the Ministry of Education guidelines. Right now, we're taking a very cautious approach to start the year in order to prioritize student safety, and we will be providing schools with further direction very, very shortly. Will school, bustle, sorry, will school buses be operating on the first day of school? School bus service will begin uh, on September 9th, the very first day of school, and students in junior kindergarten or year one students will have access to busing starting Monday, September 13th. And uh, Associate Director Steve Reed I talked earlier about the schedule for uh, kindergarten uh, programs and schools will be providing that information. Uh, will all school, sorry, will all students have the same lunch hour? Some of our larger schools will have the lunch hour, uh, the lunch break staggered, some of our larger elementary schools that is. Some students will go outside while some will remain in class to eat lunch and then they will uh, do the switch. Administrators will work to manage and plan for this based on their particular school context and the number of seats or classes that are in the school. Uh, so Clayton, how will students remain physically distanced in classrooms? All classes will have assigned seating. Grades uh, 1 to 12 uh, students will be required to wear their masks at all times when in classroom and when in common areas within the school. For example, when they're walking through the hallways. The use of masks for kindergarten students is strongly um, encouraged and we're certainly reviewing those um, requirements uh, uh, at this time. And students will be reminded to maintain physical distancing wherever possible. Uh, there, the reality is that there is not um, a very specific uh, six foot um, uh, distance that can be maintained at all times. And therefore these additional measures for safety are necessary. And are students allowed to go home for lunch? Yes, students are uh, allowed to and encouraged to go home for, uh, for lunch. And um, for students that are remaining again, um, they need to bring all that they need with them as uh, lunch drop-offs will not be permitted. That's a perfect segue to the next question. So I'm going to ask it so you can reinforce it. Will students have hot lunches this year? Uh, no, uh, actually, I should actually pull back on that. Students may uh, have hot lunches this year. Uh, however, at the start of the year, that will not be the case. We're pausing on that at this point. That includes pizza days, fundraising, lunch programs, and so forth, because we're aligning our practice with public health guidance. And I think uh, just for reinforcing for parents, we want to be starting off the school year, uh, parents and uh, educators, uh, cautiously. We want to be making sure that uh, we get it right. Uh, so the pause really is to focus on startup, practice of routines, and that all of uh, the protocols that we have in place will always be constantly uh, reviewed. So our next question is, how will temperatures in elementary classrooms be managed? Will fans be allowed? Uh, so all schools um, in our board have hot weather action plans, which they implement uh, based on the weather and the local conditions and facilities in the school. The use of fans uh, uh, is permitted, but must follow very strict guidelines to mitigate against the transmission of COVID-19. That may include the type of fans, the direction in which the fans are pointed, and other measures. 
Thank you, Clayton. And in the hybrid model setting for elementary, with all students, will all students uh, still be dealing with material and homework in Google Classrooms? So educators will create Google Classroom, as uh, Stephen pointed out earlier, or Brightspace before the first day of school, and will share the class code with all families. Learning materials, recorded learning opportunities, homework, and so, and so forth will be stored on this platform as uh, required. Educators will ensure that both remote and face-to-face -face students have access to assistance and ability to ask questions in a hybrid learning model. If my child wakes up with a runny nose or any symptoms and can't go to school or is sent home from school with symptoms, can I log him or her in online instead? So any student who is not able to attend school due to COVID-19 uh, may access remote learning. If the student is not able to learn remotely, this should be discussed with the school uh, directly and accommodations will be made. Requests for short-term remote learning, such as this um, uh, uh, question, may be made for reasons such as the need uh, to quarantine, extended illness, or other public health uh, requirements uh, may be accommodated. And uh, Stephen pointed out earlier that uh, there could be a delay in uh, the time it takes to access based on the nature of the classroom. If it's already a hybrid class, if it's, um, uh, or if, if it's solely face-to-face, -face, that may take a little bit more time. And here's a question speaking to one of the safety uh, protocols that are in place. Are the kids staying with their own class at all times? Do they mix with any other classes at any point? Uh, classes uh, will remain within their own cohort. Elementary schoolyards will be divided into designated areas for cohorts, as was uh, the case last year. Students may mix within their cohorts while outdoors during recess, but physical distancing is uh, expected to be maintained uh, wherever possible. How will EQAO be conducted for kids attending school virtually? Someone's thinking ahead. Absolutely. So um, absolutely teaching and learning is at the heart um, of schools as well as our concern about their well-being. And uh, when it comes to EQAO assessments, they will be completed digitally at school this year. Um, and again, this will be done at school. This includes the grades three and six math, reading uh, and writing assessments, the grade nine math assessment, and the grade 10 Ontario Secondary School Literacy Test. Students who are learning remotely and qualify uh, to participate in the assessments can, at the discretion of the school board, attend in person for the purpose of participating in the assessment, so long as all applicable health and safety measures can be met. And uh, uh, there's some specific considerations around secondary. So in order for all students to be able to meet the literacy graduation requirement, students who may not be able to enter the school building can be directly enrolled in the Ontario Secondary School Literacy course, which will complete the literacy graduation requirement. Thank you. And just uh, for a uh, uh, progress check, we're at about halfway of our questions. So that's the, the depth of questions that we're receiving from our parents. Uh, thank you again so much for sending in these rich, rich questions. And we hope that you are finding this session informative uh, so that you are knowing what to expect uh, on September the 9th as we welcome your children back to school. This question continues on uh, the elementary topic. Uh, so Clayton, if a student has an appointment during the day, can the student go back to school after the appointment? Absolutely. As long as they continue to meet the criteria for COVID-19 screening uh, and are symptom-free, they absolutely may. 
And if a sibling of a student in the same school has a COVID case in their classroom, does the sibling's classes also get sent home? Uh, very good question. And uh, certainly we know that um, dismissal uh, conditions may change based on conditions and as directed by public health. So I'm gonna invite Amber to uh, respond to this question. Thanks, Clayton. So just to uh, clarify the answer to this question. So if there is a case of COVID-19 in a classroom, all unvaccinated students and staff are dismissed, along with all of the unvaccinated children living in the same household as the individual who is dismissed. If there's a case of COVID-19 in a classroom, all fully vaccinated students can continue to attend, so they are therefore they are not dismissed, uh, but they should go for testing and monitor for symptoms. So children living in the same household as these fully vaccinated contacts can also continue to attend school as well. Um, so again, there is a difference between whether the student and the staff are vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Uh, and just to clarify, we would not be dismissing entire sibling cohorts um, when there is a school exposure, unless there were an additional case in that sibling cohort. Thank you very much, Amber. Clayton, I'm gonna go back to you. My child will be attending in person. If they're sent home from school due to COVID symptoms, uh, will they be automatically uh, put into the hybrid model or will there be an option for paper-based learning? So uh, any student uh, who is not able to attend school due to COVID-19 uh, can absolutely access remote learning. And if the student is not able to learn remotely, again, they should discuss this with the school directly so that appropriate accommodations may be made, which may include uh, paper-based um, uh, exercises. Seeing as hybrid is being offered for each class, may a child attend class face-to-face -face in the morning and go home at lunch and attend class online in the afternoon? Uh, no. Once a model for face-to-face -face or remote is selected, students will remain in that model for the school day. Uh, what is the maximum class size for elementary? This is going to be a long answer, I think. Uh, yes, and uh, certainly uh, a big question now when we consider uh, questions around physical distancing. So uh, the class size uh, guidelines are in grades one to three, they may go up to 23 students. In grades four to six, they may go up to 30 students. And in grades seven and eight, they may go up to 32 students. Uh, certainly there are ministry averages that we need to meet. Um, around class sizes, and these are balanced across the school or across the school district. And we make every effort to keep our class sizes reasonable and low, both for program reasons as well as for safety reasons. And now we're having a series of questions about secondary uh, program. Why are students only doing two classes per day when cohorting measures cannot be maintained due to a common lunch and extracurricular activities? Uh, the Ministry of Education guidelines require that secondary schools may attend up to a maximum of two classes per day. Will there be final examination, Stephen? What about remote students? At this point, we have not made a determination about examinations, but we will provide information to schools and families early in the school year. All decisions will be made in the best interest of student success and in consideration of students learning in both models. And will there still be extracurricular events such as clubs, sports, and school-wide events? Similar with our elementary schools, following the guidance of public health, it is our expectation that our secondary schools will be able to resume extracurricular activities this year following the Ministry of Education guidelines. We are taking a cautious approach to start the year 
as we prioritize student safety and we'll be providing schools with further direction shortly. How will you ensure physical distancing during common lunch times? Cafeterias will be divided into quadrants uh, with the maximum number of students per table designated. Students may remove their mask only to eat while seated and must put the mask on once they are finished. Students will be reminded to maintain physical distancing. With the expected model of 150 minutes or two classes per day with a week-long gap between courses, how will this affect students who need learning sorry, who need learning strategies classes each day? Learning in our regular semester model typically takes a learning strategy course in only one semester. In planning for the learning strategies course, teachers should begin by examining both the curriculum expectations for the course and the needs of the individual student to determine how best to support their needs, interests, and strengths in relation to the curriculum, the front matter, and the expectations. The grade nine course, for example, focuses on learning strategies to help students become better, more independent learners, and is intended to help students build confidence and motivation to pursue opportunities for success in secondary school and beyond. As in any semester model, during the opposite week or opposite semester, CERTs will continue to monitor and support students. Students in the learning strategies course who require accommodations beyond the course will continue to work with their classroom teachers and CERTs as outlined in their IEPs. Questions about individual student needs should be discussed with families, principals, and student service coordinators as needed. Similar question, but this time about co-op. So with the expected model of 150 minutes or two classes uh, per day with that week-long uh, gap between courses, how will it affect students who have co-op learning classes, especially once their placements begin off-site? The schedule has been designed to support students in co-op programs. Uh, for example, if a student is taking a two-credit co-op, they may be uh, scheduled to attend their job placement every morning during week one and then every morning during week two. The model also accommodates for any shifts to a four-period in-person learning model by allowing students to maintain their AM or PM co-op placement. For grade 12 students graduating in June 2022, is the requirement for community involvement hours uh, 40 hours, which would be typical in a non-pandemic uh, experience, or is it 20 hours? So as per uh, Provincial Operating Guide, the Community Involvement Graduation require Requirement has been reduced from 40 hours to 20 hours for students graduating in the 2021-2022 school year, similar to last year. And what about um, secondary students who have a uh, spare? What will uh, supervision uh, look like for students if they have a spare? Will they be moving to the cafeteria together? This will be school location specific based on space, student transportation. For example, some grade 12 students may choose to attend in either the AM or the PM. In some schools, the library or cafeteria may be available to students depending on the week or the day schedule. Schools will continue to prioritize safety when developing local supervision schedules. Will libraries be open? Yes, school libraries will be open to students. Thank you. Will computer labs be open? And if yes, how will computer stations be sanitized between student use? So computer labs will be open and schools will follow the cleaning and disinfecting requirements of the high touch surfaces as required. For students who choose remote learning, how will assessments such as tests be done? And also, will there be final exams for the school year? 
Teachers will continue to make assessment decisions that are of the best interest for their students. During the September PA day, educators will be able to access elementary and secondary classroom-based resources to support them with teaching students face-to-face -face and remotely. This will include topics on digital tools and technology and assessment strategies and planning. As a result of ministry changes and in the best interest of our students, departments may change the 70-30 split and any associated culminating activities on a course-by-course -course basis. Further information about culminating activities and the potential use of exam days will become available to families early in the fall. Amber, I'm going to direct this next question to you, if I may. Uh, what will be the protocol if a COVID case is reported in a class? Yeah, no problem, Louise. So if there's a case of COVID-19 identified in a school by the school administrator, um, all school administrators have been advised and have instruction on how to report that case, whether it be a probable case or a confirmed case of COVID-19, to York Region Public Health. When we receive that case, we will have a case investigator assigned who will conduct an investigation to determine if there has in fact been an exposure at the school. And this is based on whether or not the case attended while infectious. If there has been an exposure, dismissal letters will be sent with isolation instructions to the impacted cohort. All unvaccinated students and staff in the affected cohort will be dismissed for a period of 10 days, which may be longer if there are additional exposures identified. So for example, if additional cases are identified in the cohort. Children living in the same household as the unvaccinated student or staff that has been dismissed will also be required to stay home for 10 days. Public health will validate the vaccination status of students in the impacted cohorts to confirm they continue to attend school. So this would be for grades seven to 12 cohorts and for all staff. If in fact we identify that you, you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you will be able to continue to attend and will not have to stay home. Public health will monitor the school for a minimum of 14 days, which can be extended if additional cases arise in the school. That's uh, good news about uh, students being able to return if vaccinated. Amber, thank you for sharing that. Will high school students be able to leave the school building during their lunch hour, Stephen? Yes, high school students will be able to leave during the lunch hour, and that will be encouraged. Great. How will lockers be managed, especially during winter? Lockers may be used this year. Students will be reminded to maintain physical distancing as appropriate. Will wind instruments be permitted this upcoming school year? I think we'll go right over to Janice. Janice, can yeah. I take you and ask you to yeah, answer that course. question? This, is, this has been one that we've had lots of questions about. I'm sure. So as per the current provincial guidance, the use of wind instruments uh, is allowed with parameters. In addition to what is set up provincially, York Region Public Health is recommending that wind instruments may only be used indoors if they are used within class cohorts and a minimum of two meter distancing can be maintained. We are expecting additional information about the use of wind instruments from Public Health Ontario and the Ministry in the coming days and we'll be providing updates to the school boards as this information becomes available. Thank you very much, Janice and Amber. So, you know, I think what um, your responses and the information that we're sharing today uh, really indicates that uh, public health, both at York Region as well as the province, are continuing to look at the parameters that are required and that strong communication with our families and with our staff will be an ongoing commitment. Uh, if there is information that uh, is changing. So uh, parents, and um, uh, please continue to look at our website and we will be continuing our strong communication with you. 
Our next question is uh, still on secondary. Uh, Stephen, this is for you. When, when should secondary students expect to receive their school schedules by in order for preparation of materials and courses? And I do know that some of our students have received uh, that information already, uh, but information on how students can access their timetables will be provided very shortly by their school. Thank you. During the off weeks or the alternating classes, uh, will students still have homework or assignments due from the classes not being held? Teachers will continue to use their professional judgment to assign homework as per our past practices. This includes understanding the needs of students, their learning profile, and well-being of each student. Teachers will give consideration of other subjects, courses, and the requirements for students. In the best interest of students, teachers will continue to adjust requirements to support individual students' learning and well-being and without exceeding the, the, the maximum uh, requirements that uh, for, for minutes uh, that we see. As always, students will also use their judgment to plan their schedules to meet their own learning needs and strengths. How will schools conduct assessments fairly while managing online and in-person students in the same class? This is similar to the elementary question that mm -hmm. we had. So during the September PA day, educators will be able to access secondary uh, classroom-based resources to support them with teaching and learning and assessing students face-to-face -face and uh, remote. And so similar to the elementary, there'll be a variety of different topics on digital tools and technology and assessment and so on. So the teachers will have that uh, background information. And those resources and professional learning opportunities will continue to evolve throughout the year. Uh, will there be cohorts this year or at least a cohort plan for students to travel safely in the hallways due to the movement of lunchtime entering and exiting the school. So this is particularly interesting in a secondary school setting. So students may be timetabled into up to two different classes each day. And so that's currently the requirements of the ministry. Uh, directional signs will be in place once again to support the safe movement of students in the hallways. Specific entrance and exit doors for the cafeteria will be designated. What will grade nine day look like? Will the kids have a chance to meet one another? On the grade nine transition day, students will attend their classes as scheduled and schools will facilitate welcome and transitional activities in those classes. And what happens if online students are late to class? All the usual protocols for attendance and lateness will be in place and the absence late will be recorded on the student's record. And what are the class sizes going to be in secondary schools? Schools will follow the class size maximum as per the collective agreement parameters. Is there a plan to have different policies for high school versus elementary since there are more vaccinated as opposed to blanket lockdowns and restrictions? YRDSB will follow the direction of the Ministry of Education and the guidance provided by Wire uh, Public Health. These directions and guidance may include differentiated responses to different contexts. And I think we saw that when Amber uh, let us know about uh, if a cohort is dismissed because of an exposure, if a student is vaccinated, uh, which would only be our students who are 12 and older, they are able to return. So I think that's an example of, of that differentiation. So continuing with secondary, if a student wanted to wanted a schedule change, how would they do so? Each school has a uh, procedure in place that meets the needs of the school community. Schools will communicate the process for schedule change requests in the first few days of school. 
will there be an OSSLT examination for grade 11 students this academic school year? Uh, yes, the Ministry has provided information that only students graduating in 2021-2022 school year will have the OSSLT requirement uh, that will be waived. Students in grade 10, 11, and non-graduating students, including those who are learning remotely, are required to work towards the literacy graduation requirement through participating in the OSSLT or the Ontario Secondary School Literacy Course, the OSSLC. Information will be provided about a fall 2021 administration of the OSSLT in addition to a spring 2022 administration. When is the deadline to submit co-op applications? Students select the two or four credit co-op course during the regular course selection time in early spring. Once co-op teachers receive class lists of students who have been selected to take the co-op course, the teacher will then provide interested students with access to the co-op application. This process and deadline can vary slightly between schools. However, most completed applications are received by co-op heads by mid-April. Students are then invited to an informal interview to discuss co-op options and interests. Some schools will hold group interviews or other methods of connecting with students. In short, students select the co-op course during course selection time periods. Are students who are learning remotely expected to turn on cameras in class? And this is, of course, uh, for secondary. Mm -hmm. So students learning remotely should use both their audio and video when participating in collaborative activities in order to maximize connections with their peers and teachers during Google Meet and Zoom sessions. The use of a blurred background or stock image from the virtual background is recommended. Special considerations or accommodations may be discussed with the teacher and or the principal. What is the maximum class size for kindergarten? So now we're uh, talking about class sizes. Um, and uh, we had, of course, our secondary um, uh, class sizes, but if we could talk about kindergarten. Stephen. Uh, class sizes are up to 29 students with two educators included. And what is the maximum class size for secondary? Class sizes in secondary school follow the class size maximum per the respective collective agreement parameters. And the reason we say that is because based on the course, uh, there will be a different class size maximum. Right, and it may vary. And when will I find out about the size of my child's class? Parents will receive information about class placements and class codes for students learning remotely from their classes school prior to the start of the school, uh, school year. And how will social distancing be maintained given that class sizes will be larger than last school year? Uh, students will be assigned to specific seats and work uh, locations within their classes. Teachers will provide ongoing monitoring and reminders to maintain physical distancing as appropriate. Students are to wear their masks at all times in the classroom and in common areas, for example, in hallways, when they are in the school building. And for students who may be the only ones in their class learning remotely, how will you make sure they're not socially isolated? Uh, teachers will be including all students in daily check-in activities and mental health exercises, including those learning remotely. Families will be receiving mental health newsletters and tips from the board with helpful uh, suggestions for home as well. And what extracurricular activities will be available for remote learners to connect with peers after school and at recess? So 
So as noted in previous responses, we continue to work with public health on the directions for schools in order to support them to offer extracurricular activities. This will include the considerations of how students learning remotely may be able to participate. And what mental health supports are in place for teachers? All YRDSB staff will participate in professional development during the September PA days. These sessions include learning about how staff and educators can support their own mental health. All YRDSB uh, uh, staff have access to mental health supports through our employee family assistance program, including counseling, information, and webinars in addition to support provided through their healthcare benefits. Human Resources also has information on community-based resources and staff well-being. Uh, training, a training suite is both available on the BWW and the staff SharePoint site. Our staff wellness advisor continues to provide system support and resources as required. And how will you promote mental health other than links to resources? All teachers, kindergarten to grade 12, will deliver a series of three lessons addressing mental health during the first 30 days of school. Schools continue to have access to YRDSB psychology and social work staff to support student mental health as appropriate. In addition, YRDSB continues uh, its partnership with 19 community mental health agencies to support student mental health virtually. And our focus is on the ABCs of mental health, um, really talking about acknowledging the effects of the pandemic, uh, bridging to understanding uh, the, the strategies that we have within and around us to be supporting our mental health and then connecting to those sources of support, whether they be family or community partners. Uh, so I know that our educators and our students will benefit greatly from those uh, that three-part lesson series. How will teachers support students who are anxious to ask questions, present, or participate in group projects? So as mentioned, we believe that when our teachers, K-12, deliver the three-part mental health uh, lessons, that will be part of that entry plan for the first 30 days of school. And we believe that part of the lesson series will address the topics of student anxiety and reluctance to participate. So that will be supportive of our students. And some of our students will just want to be listening as a participant, and that is uh, fully, fully uh, appropriate and acceptable. So it really, the entry is at any point that they that they are able or wanting to engage in that uh, uh, that sharing. So this question uh, asks, how do you plan to help my child transition back to school? What an important question. So uh, in addition to some of the information that we pr uh, provided, uh, so uh, entry plans with respect to teachers will be supporting uh, students in understanding their classrooms, understanding their classrooms, whether that's face-to-face -face or uh, remotely. Uh, in addition, the board will be sharing family mental health newsletters for tips on how the home can support transitions as well. And if uh, family members and students go to the uh, York Region District School Board website and you go to COVID tips, there's a variety of resources that families can ac access to support their children and that includes uh, mental health supports. Thank you for joining us for this special town hall episode of Tune In Wire DSB. This is part of a two-part series on school reopening. If you have not already done so, I encourage you to listen to the other episode in this series, focused on health and safety, and featuring Principal Heather Schreider, Senior Manager Don Adams, and special guest Dr. Perry Pecos from Public Health. Thanks again for listening.
Thank you for joining us for TuneIn YRDSB. Please join us next time to continue the conversation.